Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Caregivers Speak, an online resource by and for caregivers, sponsored by eCareDiary.com. This is your host, Marjorie Pabst. Please visit my website at www.mycaregivingcoach.com for many caregiver resources. Actually, today we're going to be posting a wonderful article by one of our guests. Uh, her name is Mary Ellen Grant. We're going to be introducing her in a moment. Uh, so do look on the website and on Eker Diary for some uh, other holiday uh, comments and resources. The purpose of this program is to provide opinion and resources on issues facing caregivers. Today, we discuss how caregivers are handling their first year after the death of a loved one, and particularly during the holidays a time that can be stressful for all of us, but particularly for caregivers. I'm joined by Dr. John Guineri, our lead physician. Dr. Guineri is the past president of the medical staff at Florida Hospital, and he is currently the director and chairman of healthcare and spirituality at Florida Hospital. He's been on our show many times, and we love it when he's on for all of the counsel and wisdom he provides. Our caregivers today are Mary Ellen Grant, CEO of Share the Care, an amazingly wonderful agency here in our town of Orlando in Central Florida. She'll tell you a little bit more about it in a moment. Laura Puzer, who is the Development Director at the College of Arts and Humanities at our um, wonderful university, University of Central Florida, which we must say is the second largest university in the country. And Sue Odina, who is a longtime caregiver, mentor for caregivers, volunteer in the community, and uh, just a very gracious and generous person all the way around. So welcome to all of you to the program. Thank, Thank you, Marjorie. Thank you. Good to be here. Pleasure being here, Marjorie. Delighted to have you. Let's begin um, with each of you telling us about your loss this year. And Sue, we're going to start with you because your husband did not die this year. He passed away, uh, what, two years ago? A year and a half. A year and a half. Um, So you can either talk about him or you can talk about somebody you've mentored this year who's experienced a loss here just before the holidays. Well, I'll be quick, but I'll do both. Last Christmas, it was the year of first. So I was dealing with the first Christmas, the first birthday, the first Valentine's Day, all of those things. This year, it's facing that I'm really making my own decisions and I'm really living my own life. Uh, While I'm doing that, I have several family members who are in that end stage and they always say, I'm getting very tired of hearing, well, you know this, or you've been through this. Yes, I have, and yes, I can be helpful, but it it gets wearing yeah. to know that, yes, I have been through all of that. Yeah. And, you know, and sometimes if we have been successful caregivers, people automatically assume that we would be more than delighted to be a caregiver again. And 
that certainly isn't true for me <laughs> or for many of us. I'm sure those of you out there listening are sort of chuckling about that, too. Uh, Mary Ellen, uh, tell us a little bit about Share the Care and about the loss that you had this year. Well, since I was 25 years old, I've been working in aging services, and I've been lucky to be working at Share the Care, where we serve family caregivers for 25 years. And I always felt kind of strange because I was this young person that had never been a caregiver working with all of these folks who were such experienced caregivers. And um, this year, this past two years, um, since my mother was diagnosed with colon cancer, I have had the firsthand experience of being a caregiver. And I really want to say I think it was a gift. And I'm very grateful that I had the opportunity that I did with my mother. And she ended up passing away this past Christmas Eve, so it's even more, I guess, timely that I should be talking about the holidays and what that means to caregivers. But I know that it's an issue with a lot of the folks I work with and certainly something that I and my family are thinking about for the first time this year. Yeah, and we're looking forward to hearing more of your story in a few moments. Uh, again, the wonderful, wonderful article that you've written will be on the websites for our listeners and our readers. Laura, Laura Puzer, tell us about you and your loss this year. Um, hi, everyone. Uh, my father passed away this past summer on July 5th, and my dad had uh, been, you know, kind of in a slow decline for about a year and a half to two years. Uh, he was almost 93. He, we just celebrated his birthday a couple of weeks ago, and one of the aspects of his passing that I'm very, very thankful for is that I was there with him when he passed, that he passed in um, my parents' home of 50 years uh, here in Central Florida, and that I have been able to spend every single Christmas with my parents my entire life, which, you know, okay, 60 years <laughs> of, of Christmases. And so I feel very blessed to have had all that time with them, with all the holidays. Um, and so we will, of course, miss my father. Um, and a lot of people, you know, will say, wow, he lived to be almost 93. Well, as if to discard the fact that it has been a loss. Like, oh, well, he was so old, so, uh, you know, naturally I shouldn't suffer that loss as much because he was that age, and yet the loss is just as great um, at any age. Of course it is. Of course it is. And thank you so honestly, both of you, all three of you, for honestly sharing that those times. Sure. Dr. Glenary, so I know you've had many experiences as an OBGYN physician about family loss, and particularly around the holidays. If you had to name one recommendation or share something with our listeners for our families experiencing loss this year, what would it be? Well, thanks, Marjorie. It's a pleasure being here. Also, I have to tell you, after just hearing the introduction about being caregivers, what what really came across to me is that nobody really signs up to be a caregiver. It's thrown at us and how we react to it. Um, and so many people fly by the seat of their pants, and some people try to get resources. And I think the more resources you have around you, the better you, you weather that 
that situation, that's for sure. In regards to the answer uh, that you asked me, the question that you asked me is regards to, I think it's really important that, first of all, that you you let yourself grieve. It's okay. Uh, that you let those feelings come out, be it with loved ones or close friends, trusted friends that you have. But that's, I think, an initial first step, rather than going into a cocoon, really kind of coming out to those folks. Yeah, that's a that's a great thought. Um, I can remember the first Christmas after my mother died, playing There's No Place Like Home for the Holidays, you know that? And there's a line in it um, that we'll all be together through all the years. And mm-hmm. I was like, woo, 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 you know, because it was not <laughs> happening. But actually it was very therapeutic, to, to your point, to just listen to a song that had always been so memorable and that really brought tears to my eyes about family. So um, for the three caregivers we have with us today, um, how are you planning to manage this holiday? Laura, just to start with you. You know, um, we just celebrated Thanksgiving, and my mother, who is still living, is, you know, certainly misses my dad, but at the same time, she's very, very uh, willing and desirous of uh, raising a glass and toasting dad and recognizing that he's not with us and in our you know prayer before the meal recognizing that we're missing someone here today but you know he's with us in spirit so we we do those kinds of um, verbal things but then we also do a little extra and we will make his favorite dish as I'm sure we will do at Christmas time, we will, you know, tell stories. We will talk about him because it's, you know, we're we're still very, very um, happy that we had this amazing life with him, and we're celebrating. We're not, you know, we're not, you know, we miss him, but we're not um, going to wallow in grief and sorrow in that way. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That's yeah. great. Thank you. You know, I, I I listen to you, Laura, and I think about how many people's circumstances are different, you know, over death and what comes before and the length mm-hmm. of the person's mm-hmm. life and how if they were suffering or if they weren't suffering prior to death and how people, and, and what was their relationship? Was it a spouse or was it a child? And at what point do we, are we able to accept that we're all going to die at some point? And, um, you know, I, I think that it is about some to some degree about your own ability to accept your own immortality and that and because when we're looking at our our parents especially you know that this is the cycle of life and this is the way that we're going to go ultimately and how are we going to do it and so what i say about the holidays is how lucky Laura, mm-hmm. that you were yeah, with your parents absolutely. every single holiday season. And I I think about 90% of them I was with my mother, mm-hmm. and I'm grateful. And I have so many amazing memories. And I don't think I could do the holidays in the uh, stylish and flamboyant way that I do if it wasn't for my yeah. very flamboyant example of my mother. So she's going to live, for sure, in our <laughs> holidays <laughs> from now on. And in that regard, those are the great gifts that we're given by our parents and our and by our husbands and wives and the others that we lose. It's, I know it's sad because they're not with us, but still, what they gave us while they were with us such exactly. an amazing gift. Sometimes I think, you know, what are what do 
people do if they're estranged mm. from their mother or their father? Mm. How does that impact their going forward mm-hmm. with holidays or any kind of time without them? You know, if you know, I'm I'm happy like you are, Mary Ellen, to say that we had great relationships with mm-hmm. you know our our you know parents, but you know to not have that yeah. is is another. That's that another might, radio show, that's, maybe. I was going to say, that's, another, uh, that's a really good topic for another radio show. Absolutely. Well, I'm keeping the traditions, mm-hmm. but I'm expanding a bit. We always had a cookie bake, and last year I had two days of cookie bakes because I thought if I got to clean the house, I might as well <laughs> have make the have house a lot of cookies. <laughs> so we're doing that again this year, mm-hmm. and I will have family. Uh, with me for Christmas. I'm also getting my house ready for uh, to sell it and hopefully build a new one next year. So everything that I take out, I'm deciding, do I want this? Do the children need this? Do I want to just give it away? Or mm-hmm. do I put it in a box to make a decision later? And I'm trying to be very, very uh, firm with myself but also all the things that that are the Christmas decorations have special memories. We had a long time together. I have decorations that were my grandmother's and then my mom and dad's and my husband's family. So there's there were 24 boxes that we pulled out this weekend. Wow. And that's a lot of decision making. Mm-hmm. It sure is. Did you give some to family? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's great. That's great. You know, one of the things that I hear a lot is simplicity. When people uh, come to a holiday where they've lost a loved one, and it's like, uh, you know, just don't expect yourself to do everything that you always did, like put up four trees and or even one big tree and try to just simplify uh, keeping traditions, but keeping it simple. What, what do you all think about that? Well, I do believe in giving yourself a year to coast, and I certainly share that (laughs) with other people, not to make a major decision in that first year because, or not to let anybody else make a decision for you Mm -hmm. in that first year. And I think that Dr. Guarneri brought up a really important point, and that is that we need to allow ourselves the opportunity to grieve. We need to understand that there's not a set time limit you don't have to be done in three months or six months. It's your journey and it's in your time. And that as far as decision making, that you still own your life. You know, you're the one here and you're the one um, carrying on for the family and you own it and maybe you're going to make something new of it. That's it. Or in combine all different families and that's great. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah. So uh, I have a question for you uh, from when your husband passed away a year and a half ago going through the last Christmas holidays and now approaching this Christmas holidays, what are some of the big differences that you see in yourself on a psychosocial basis or any other basis that you think is relevant (laughs) and different? Well, at Marjorie's wedding, which was in August, I danced and I didn't think I was ready, but the gentleman at the table said, oh, yes, you are. I had a great time. (laughs) So that was moving forward. Mm -hmm. Um, I am preparing to sell the house, 
and I have a plan that my mother, two years before she died, looked in a magazine and said, oh, there's our house. So I have a file cabinet, and I have my notebook with different binders in it that uh, this is how the front should look, this is how the garden should look, this is my bedroom on the second floor, (laughs) and... Believe it or not, my son somehow thinks that I've become decrepit since his father passed away and that I shouldn't have a second floor because you're not getting any younger mom. So I'm making my own decisions, and I said, you know, I might just get one of those chair things that goes up and down the stairs (laughs) and buy it now just for the fun of it. So, But in an um, elevator, Sue. (laughs) Maybe, maybe. I I have looked into that. It's $50,000, and that's not what I want to spend my money on today. But at some point in time, I may just be Mm -hmm. putting that money in in an elevator account. From where I sit, your ability to make decisions and to move forward is remarkable. And I just think it's to be honored and praised. It's just terrific. Thank you. I want to come back to Mary Ellen for a moment. She mentioned her mother was flamboyant, and she is going to celebrate. And so I've just got to ask the follow-up question. So what, what, uh, what one, what might you do that would be in the flamboyant realm? Well, if there was anyone listening that knew my mother, my mother's name was Barbara, by the way. Um, she had a extreme fondness, that's what I like to call it, for Chardonnay. So there will be (laughs) lots of Chardonnay available over the holidays. Um, As a matter of fact, when my mother was staying with me, which was for every every single holiday season for the last 10 years since my father passed away, my house filled with bottles of Chardonnay because everyone that came to my house brought a bottle of wine as a gift for my mother. And in the, in the end, my mother was in a coma, and we had a, a party, and a few days before the party, I said, Mom, I know you're getting sicker. Do you want me to cancel the party? And she said, oh, no, you can't cancel the party. <laughs> People came into my mom's room. She was unconscious and held her hand and talked about, you know, mm. making a toast. And it, it's a, I know it sounds like it should be a sad memory, but it's a great memory. It's a great memory about the love that these people had for my mom mm-hmm. because she had so much energy for life, and um, I'm, we're going to celebrate that, and I think there will be some wine tipped over at my house over the next yeah. few weeks. But I, only one other thing I'd like to bring sure. up, and I know that you're, um, you have short time here, but I also had the opportunity to lose a high school friend this year, and her husband is having a very difficult time, of course, because they lost. he lost his partner in life unexpectedly at a point in life where they thought they had plenty of time left. And so the moving through the process is different depending on who it is that you lose. And I'm sure there are people listening yes. to the radio that are saying, well, you know your mom's going to die, or you, you knew that they were sick and they, mm-hmm. they, they went on. What do I do when I've lost my wife that I thought I'd have for 30 more years and, yes. and mm-hmm. that type of thing? So if the doctor or anyone else has any words for those folks, I know that this holiday season they're going to really need that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My yeah. husband lost his parents very young, and so we always understood that you don't necessarily have tomorrow, and Disney has a song, Making Memories, and we used to sing that. Uh, We had lots of songs that we used to sing, but we tried to make happy memories every day 
because tomorrow might not come, this afternoon might not come. And so that was kind of how we lived our lives. Not that we didn't fight, not that we didn't yell, but we tried to make sure that we had happy memories so that we we were comforted and by sometimes it. Sometimes you just don't know that you need yeah. to be making them so quickly because yeah. that's, that's right. right. Yeah. Well, and again, that's another show to yeah, talk. Yeah. You know, talk mm-hmm. about strategies for when you lose somebody you thought you were going to be with for a long mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. That unexpected. How about the mem- yeah, exactly. Laura, how about the memories? What are you going to do this Christmas? That is going to. You mentioned some things. That well, I think gonna- you know we're. Um, my in- I'm very very fortunate that my entire family lives locally. So we don't have to worry about people flying in and all of that. So I have uh, two sisters and their children and spouses and our mom. And we will, you know, it's not that many of us, but about 16 of us. And we will get together on Christmas Day. And I know that, you know, we'll have uh, Dad's ambrosia. I'm going to be tasked with making his ambrosia, which, you know, he was a big fruit guy, liked fruit trees and making, you know, fresh ambrosia. But, um, you know, we'll be, we'll also, it'll be a party atmosphere, um, and yet at the same time we'll, you know, we'll be raising a glass. To dad, he was frequently the bartender. Oh, he was he okay. was the bartender of the family. So that you know, um, you know, yes, <laughs> you know. So we'll um, we'll have a cocktail or two, and you know, just remember him in that way, and, yes. and you know, yeah, spend some good time together. Well, you know, during the holidays, uh, even with my family, we've all kind of been together all over the years as well. You know. Things can be said, right, that are hurtful once in a while, right, at all of our family gatherings. And um, especially, uh, you mentioned, Laura, the issue of somebody saying, well, your dad was 93. Yes, sure. So so when somebody says something like that Mm -hmm. during the holiday period, I think maybe we should talk a little bit about how caregivers can handle that for their own well-being and, you know, to sort of just move on uh, beyond the comment. And uh, Dr. G, you mentioned um, the whole psychosocial issue of uh, communications and um, uh, keeping it together. And So what are some of your thoughts? You know, we're sitting around a family table and somebody says something a little strange that is likely to irritate someone around the table. What, what do you do? Well, I think it's tough in that situation for an individual that has a lot of emotion tied into the situation to probably hold back. But I think in that situation, unless the individual that said it and you are alone, I think it would be okay to address it in a gentle, diplomatic sort of a way. Uh, But but I think uh, if they're begging for a response, I think... Uh, a simple and diplomatic, well, I really don't want to talk about that now, would be uh, very, very appropriate. Yes. The I just wanted to comment real quickly on what Mary Ellen was talking about uh, as far as folks grieving after a situation. In my profession of an obstetrician, we were at the other end of the yes. situation. In fact, we, we had um, newborn babies and premature babies that tragically uh, did not make it. And, and dealing with that, and one of the things we realize more than ever is 
make sh making sure there are memories of this un child that was not born alive. Uh, and we actually, as and it may sound odd, we used to take pictures of that child for the mom to have, or even if she wanted to hold that, although lifeless baby, if she wanted to, it was a memory that she could hold on to in the grieving process as you went forward. I wish we'd have had you as a doctor. <laughs> we had the opposite situation where it was, well, you're young, you'll have more, and, you know, it, it would have, wouldn't have had a good life. Not he, she wouldn't have had a good life. It wouldn't have had a good life. Uh, it reminds you of, of wondering what people should say that, when when you meet with someone who just has just had a loss, any kind of loss, the thing to say and the thing not to say, and to try to make sense of something is just not the thing to do. I think to to say I'll be there for you if you need me, call me, and I love you, and that's probably the best mm -hmm. that you can do. For I people. agree. Mm -hmm. The I other agree. thing is is that you know it's very hard for most people to say specifically what they need or to mm -hmm. ask for help. So uh, if you choose like three things that you would feel comfortable doing and say, can I do this or that or the other thing for you, uh, that gives the person needing help some options and some thoughts. Like, can I take you to the grocery store or can I come and sit while you go to the grocery store and have a few minutes uh, you know, on your own, that's a big help. Can I come over and do your laundry? Well, and I'll have a cup of tea with you, help you fold the laundry. Uh, people just need a few minutes. Not they don't need you to come take their life over. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, no, that's but, a really good point, and especially around the holidays. I mean, what a great gift that would be, and the gifts of just saying. I love you, I'm there to help if you need me, and offering some specific options. I was just going to add, uh, there's another question that is pointed, and that is, what matters to you at this point? Yeah. And, and by saying that, they may go to something very mundane and logistical that they need, mm -hmm. or it may be more deeper than that, but you just don't know. You don't know. Mm -hmm. No, you don't know. Yeah, mm -hmm. a lot of people will, you know, send cards, leave phone messages, you know, send you an email, that sort of thing. But they're at a loss. I I totally can, you know, say that, you know, like I've had friends that have lost um, parents, spouses, and, and I was at a loss. I was at a loss of what to do for them myself, um, what to give them that would be of meaning to them besides another plant, another card, you know, how can I do so? another, another casserole, <laughs> right, you know, um, you know, I had, I had a friend that after my dad passed, she gave me something that was really unusual, and it was a blanket, and she said, may this blanket wrap you in warmth in oh, the love of your oh, friends and family, oh, nice. and it was, it was just a lovely gift, and it, it just has meant so much beyond to me to have it. So long beyond. <laughs> it, beyond it, it, it lives well beyond wow. that casserole. Yes. The well, one hospice group makes teddy bears out of the person's clothing. Oh, that's a great wow. idea, too. That's great. That's, that, that's about I like making that. memories. Terrific I like memories. Well, folks, 
<laughs> half an hour has passed. <laughs> and actually, we've come up with a couple of more wonderful possibilities for radio shows while we've been talking about the holidays and coping with loss. So I think we've accomplished a lot, and I cannot tell the four of you how dear you are to me and how much I appreciate you, especially at this holiday time. So, Dr. Guineri, Sue, Mary Ellen, Laura, we look forward to more radio shows. To those of you listening, we want to wish you the best holiday ever. Um, Look for uh, Mary Ellen's article on the website. We hope you have a generous, wonderful, faithful holiday. And peaceful holidays to you as well. Thank you, Margie. Thank you. Thanks to all of you. Goodbye.